Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Offsets it a little bit to the left. 11 yards shy of the record. Williams breaks a hole. Team to be behind 14 to nothing, and then not to lose its cool and to go on to win. That proves you deserve to be number one, and that's what you are. Yards from the shotgun, back to throw. Vince Clark, under pressure. He'll tuck it in one. Vince to the five. Jump. Touchdown, Texas. Touchdown, Vince He's done it again. Longhorn Nation, we're back. Hello and welcome into another edition of the Longhorns Country Podcast. I am Matt Galatson and I am your host. And today I am joined by Andy Hodges, the managing editor and publisher of allhogs.com on the Sports Illustrated Network. Andy, how's it going? Uh, it's going fine. I mean, I'm also the chief flunky and uh, do everything, take out the trash and everything else. So it's one of those all-encompassing jobs. <laughs> yeah, trust me, trust me, I hear you. Uh, so Andy, um, you know, obviously big week this week uh texas and arkansas reigniting their rivalry uh for the first time in quite some time um it's been almost a decade not quite 2014 was the last time the two met and um people are pretty excited not just in austin but also obviously in fayetteville it's it's fit it's uh arkansas's first sellout since i believe 2017 is that correct 2017 and things are off the hook here Everywhere you go. I mean, I was just at the grocery store earlier today. There's an entire wall in the grocery store of beat Texas t-shirts in different colors and styles. Wow. And people are grabbing them two and three at a time. Well, suffice it to say, things might get a little rowdy uh, in Fayetteville this weekend. But before we get to that, and before we start previewing that matchup, um, let's take a step back. Uh, Texas and Arkansas uh, both had their openers this week. Um, you know, Texas faced Louisiana, who at the time was ranked, and they, they looked pretty dominant. Um, they, they beat the Raging Cajuns 38-18. to 18. Uh, And then Arkansas uh, hosted Rice, and they also looked pretty good. They won 38-17. to 17. Uh, You know, it's, it's hard to get a gauge when you're playing a team like Rice, but, you know, they got their job done in, in week one. That's pretty much all you can ask. Um, yeah. 
yeah. start off by uh, giving giving us your impressions of what you saw from Texas and Louisiana. Texas has a lot of talent on that team. They're they're big, they're fast, they're very fast. Arkansas hasn't seen speed like that, certainly from Rice. They haven't seen a play caller like Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, Rice is not a game that you can prepare for Texas by playing Rice because Rice is going to try and control the ball. They're going to try to run it a lot, and they really did – Arkansas outweighed Rice in the interior line by 47 pounds per man. And Rice is not going to control much. Well, it's going to be a different scene this week on that. But against the Owls, Arkansas started slow. They looked horrible in the first half. Then they turned it around by the end of the third quarter. They had tied it and uh, kind of ran away with the fourth quarter. But what I saw from Texas was a team that did not look like they were playing the first game of the year for the first couple of series. Now, it takes a couple of series to get everything worked out, home crowd and everything else, new coach. But it looked, to me, looking from the outside in, that looked to be the smoothest Texas Longhorns opener that I've seen in a number of years. Yeah, and definitely, you know, Texas has always got some sort of drama going on in, in week one, it seems. But, um, you know, everybody everybody opens up a little bit differently. Um, you know, certainly with with Texas, we, we were a little bit surprised with, with what they were able to do, especially breaking in a new quarterback with Hudson Card, who had arguably, at least in my opinion, um, the best starting quarterback debut as a freshman in the history of the program you know right up there with Colt McCoy and Sam Ellinger and he did it against a pretty damn good opponent so we like to see that what we didn't like to see was the offensive line uh, who kind of got pushed around a little bit from time to time Um, that's a veteran defense for Louisiana but that is what it is Uh, one thing that I heard Sam Pittman talk about in his press conference this week was Bijan Robinson Mm -hmm. What are your impressions of Bijan from the outside in? He's a Heisman Trophy candidate. It's my first impression. I had heard about him from some people that I talked to in Austin beforehand. And the guy is good. I mean, he he looks like a different running back. You know, Matt, I've always been able over the years, I can look at a running back and just about tell you whether he's going to be big time or not. I mean, and, and this goes back to, Uh, I guess the first time I really saw one in the high school that I looked at and I went, that's going to be a big time guy was Eric Dickerson who played at SMU and had a pretty good NFL career. He was okay. Yeah. Uh, It's just a way that they run the way they hit the sidelines at full speed. Bijan Robinson has all that, but the thing that gets me, he returns kickoffs, he returns putts, he does just about everything i guess i'm I'm pretty sure he could handle the water bucket too if need be Uh, and you know he got he got hit one time i know i saw a play where he got hit and he got bent backwards almost double and i thought well they just broke him in half and he popped up and went on like nothing had ever happened and he addressed that in a press conference earlier this week and mentioned that it had happened and he got injured last year i believe against texas tech 
on a similar type thing. But this time he said he just had a little stinger from it, got up and walked it off in a few seconds and was ready for the next play. So Bijan Robinson has the toughness that you have to have to play running back. He's got the versatility. He can catch the ball uh, out of the backfield and he can hurt you in so many ways. You can kind of get a block with a running back like Bijan Robinson and he's going to turn it into a big play. And Arkansas hasn't faced that since they played Alabama last year. Right. And, uh, you know, Bijan obviously is, is a pretty special talent, but, um, you know, Arkansas is not exactly um, not used. To, I don't really know how else to phrase it. They're not exactly not used to facing elite talent. Um, but, but then again, they, they struggled to move the ball against Rice. Tell us a little bit about um, what happened in that Rice game, go into a little bit more detail about why they got off to the slow start and then what kind of turned things around for them against the Owls. Sam Pittman tried to put it off to quarterback K.J. Jefferson having nerves be an issue. It was the first time he started a game at Fayetteville. He started a game back in 2019. Now, remember the year. He started in 2019 as a true freshman against LSU in Baton Rouge. Easy place to play, right? Yeah, welcome to your first start, son. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then last year, he started the final game of the year on the Saturday, you know, what was it, December 12th, whatever it was. He started against Missouri when Missouri hadn't prepared for him because nobody knew that Felipe Franks was not going to be able to play. In fact, it was a pregame warm-up decision where Frank's ribs were hurting him so bad that KJ Jefferson got the start. So it was his third start, his first in Fayetteville, the first time he started the opening game of the season. Pittman tried to put off some of KJ's uh, inaccuracy issues to nerves. Well, since he set foot on the campus of the University of Arkansas, he's been overthrowing people. And that's what he was still doing. Now, he throws much better when he's on the move, which takes care of some of the technical footwork problems that he has that affects his release point. He doesn't step into the throws and tends to sail them high to all of the receivers. I've had a couple of them tell me, he can throw it through a brick wall, but you don't know which brick wall he was aiming at <laughs> originally. So, uh, you know, KJ's got to get that settled down. He's got the athleticism. He's got the arm. Fans were expecting to see at least for a few plays uh, backup quarterback Malik Hornsby, who's from the Houston area that people in Texas are probably familiar with, uh, who is a, when he's on the field, very likely he's going to be the fastest guy on the field. But KJ simply, when he could run, he did fine. He could not pass. And I don't know if he was limited on making audibles at the line of scrimmage. I don't know if he was allowed to change the plays. I, there wasn't a lot of adjusting going on during the game, which we've all become accustomed to in this day and age of the spread offense where everybody lines up and then everybody just rises up and looks at the coach. Mm -hmm. For old people like me, that's hard to get used to, by the way. 
but there was none of that and changing the plays going on for Arkansas. And I think it just took, you know, they had a punt blocked. Good grief. I've seen more punts blocked from the Arkansas Razorbacks in the last three years than I've seen in 50 years of covering them. I mean, it, I don't know what the problem is. And, you know, Pittman is going to spin the positive every way he can. And, and he pointed out there's too much talking about the first half. We won the game 38 to 17. So we had a pretty good fourth quarter, which they did. Now, a lot of that was helped by the Rice quarterback who quarterbacks who kept throwing interceptions. Uh, Jalen Catalan, Arkansas safety, picked off a couple of them. And uh, cornerback Monteric Brown had another one. Well, that pretty much limited Rice from making any sort of comeback. And don't forget, Arkansas scored a touchdown at the very end of that game, almost as time expired for the final margin, or that would have been a two-touchdown game that really wasn't broken up. It was tied 17-17 going into the fourth quarter. So Arkansas struggled. They didn't look very cohesive at times on offense. The center, Ricky Stromberg, had a, a few what I call pop-up snaps from center where the ball, I, I, I believe that defensive linemen could have got back there and waited on the snap to get to the quarterback. One time he hit himself in the butt with the ball and never being a center, I don't even know how that's even possible, but he managed to do it. And Arkansas just looked discombobulated until the fourth quarter. They couldn't really get everything hitting on all cylinders. Their best offensive player is Traylon Burks from my hometown of Warren, Arkansas. He dropped two passes, and this is a kid that never drops passes. And he dropped two passes. So everything was discombobulated offensively against Rice, which – one week has nothing to do with the next week when you're this early in the season. Lou Holtz first told me that in 1977. This week has nothing to do with last week. So when you start handicapping this game, you, there's not a big body of work to go on. You've got one week, but you have to have questions. And I think a lot of Arkansas fans secretly have questions about this team especially from the offensive side of things because they were so discombobulated and couldn't seem to get out of their own way at times against Rice. Okay, so um, obviously Arkansas does have some talent despite them struggling against Rice. Um, you mentioned one of them, Jalen Catalan. Um, he's one of the best safeties in America. I mean, this, this defense didn't exactly wow – the nation last year they they weren't very uh weren't very effective they gave up a lot of big plays but there were some games where they looked pretty dang good i'm thinking of one in particular against old miss my alma mater in which they looked one of them they took one of the best offensive offenses in the country and they made the quarterback throw six interceptions so what do, what will it take for the defense not to have six interceptions against hudson card because the Predicting that, that would be a little homerish, but what will it take for them to slow down the Texas attack? They've got to have big time plays from the linebackers. 
and they're going to be without one of their starting linebackers to start the game. Bumper pool is having to sit out the first half because of a targeting call at one point against rice, Arkansas was without, uh, uh, any of their starting linebackers. They had both been ejected for targeting. One in the Grant Morgan in the first half, Mumper Pool in the second half. And those guys have got to stay on the field against Texas and be able to make plays because they haven't faced a running back probably since Najee Harris last year for Alabama, like Bijan Robinson. They haven't faced a line certainly as big and as athletic as Texas offensive line is, of course, there's only been one game since they played Alabama, but well, two, they played Missouri, but Arkansas has got a new defensive line. They did get some good news today that defensive tackle John Ridgeway is going to, has been cleared. He's practiced both days. He is six foot six, 326 pounds, a graduate transfer. He had his ap- appendix removed last weekend. Yikes. <laughs> and is back on the field. We've got that up at uh, allhogs.com. 6'6", 326 pounds, and he blocks out the sun. He also was a state, Illinois state wrestling champion. Uh, so he's, he's physical and can move like that and uh, incorporates, he he can keep offensive linemen's hands off of him is what I'm trying to get to there rather unelegantly, but they've got two, three transfer defensive linemen that are coming in that have got to get some sort of pressure or if it's like last year, if they revert back to last year, Hudson Card's gonna be sitting back there eating hot dogs and drinking Cokes till somebody comes open. And that's what, you know, the defensive line has got to get the pressure, take some of the pressure off of the defensive secondary. And I, I say this, and people think I'm crazy. Jalen Catalan has got to figure out a way to stay in the game for 60 minutes because he keeps getting thrown out for targeting. And I mean, and a couple of them are really questionable targeting calls. And I'm not going, we could do an entire podcast on targeting. We could do an entire podcast just from the old Miss Louisville game on targeting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jalen has had some targeting calls. He's had some that were questionable, but this guy hits harder than any defense, any Arkansas defensive back since Steve Atwater in the mid 1980s, late 1980s, who just went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame a few weeks ago. Uh, Jalen Catalan can play. He can, you know, he got two interceptions in the game against Rice, and he's sort of the leader back there of the defense. He's got to stay on the field, and I think Arkansas's defense needs to have a couple of stops early. I think the worst thing that could happen to them is Texas drive the ball down the field on them and keep the ball. And Arkansas's defense not have some early success. They, I think they need that to get some confidence coming into this game because they know what Texas is. They know what their record has been. And that's going to be critical to me 
the first half of the first quarter is going to be probably the most critical part of the entire game. And what about on the offensive side of the ball? Because you, you mentioned K.J. Jefferson and his, his struggles with accuracy and throwing the football against Rice. I mean, Texas is bringing in a defense that under Pete Kwiatkowski that really made life difficult for a talented Louisiana, Louisiana offense last week. And given it was just the, the season opener, that it stands to reason they're going to get better. They're going to get more polished. Um, they've got a talented secondary. They've got a really talented linebacker core, really talented defensive line. What, what does Arkansas have to do to, to, to kind of stay alive in the first couple series and get some momentum and, and make sure that the Texas defensive line doesn't really overwhelm and steal the game? They've got to make first downs. They've got to quit, not worry about the big play and make first downs because a lot of times this offense and Kendall Bryles, the offensive coordinator, he gets to trying to do what they did at Baylor with Robert Griffin III. They want to go fast. I mean, I, literally, I have seen some games when it was working. The receivers weren't coming out, and they couldn't breathe, and I don't know that Kendall cared if they died. He wasn't stopping the offense to give them <laughs> a chance to get their breath. Uh, now I'm being facetious. Before anybody gets on to me, he's not, he's not hoping for anything like that. Arkansas has got to figure out ways to make first downs on offense and keep the chains moving because, as Sam Pittman said in his press conference Monday, the worst thing you can do with tempo is the other team have a drive and score. You come out, throw three vertical passes down the field. They're all incomplete. You ain't run any time off the clock. You ain't gained a single yard, and now you got to punt it back to the team that just ran it down your throat. Right. Now, reading between the lines and looking at Texas – a couple of times the Louisiana game. I'm not so sure that Pittman wasn't thinking about that very thing when he made that comment, because that's what Arkansas has got to do. They've got to make first downs and not try to get too worried about making the big play early. So Arkansas, Arkansas has, at least for my money, one of the best defensive coordinators in college football in Barry Odom. Um, he was hit or miss as a head coach at Missouri, but the guy knows defense. We, we talked about what he did to Matt Corral. Um, is there something that he can do to make life difficult for Hudson Card? Because he is just a freshman. It's his first true road game. It's going to get nutty in Fayetteville. You talked about the T-shirts on the wall. Um, I don't think he's ever seen an environment like this before. But what can Barry Odom – kind of muster up to, to, to get under Hudson Card's skin and, and, and kind of put this game on an even playing field? I think what Hudson Card sees before the ball is snapped is not what the defense does after the ball is snapped. That's, that's exactly what Odom did last year that confused Matt Corral. Uh, he, he basically had a scheme that they showed one look when the ball was snapped they went and did something completely different than the look showed that they should be doing. You know, I mean, I, I was listening to a deal uh, from earlier in the week and Jimbo Fisher was talking about how much football is a coordinated sport where particularly you expect people to do certain things at certain times during a play. Well, 
Odom changes that. That's that's one of the things he's always done. He will change what the defense shows versus what they do. And with a freshman quarterback, a redshirt freshman quarterback, I'm sure Barry is going to come in and he's going to – I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him loop two defensive linemen around each other. I I don't know what he's going to do, but I I think it's going to be a lot of things to try and throw card off, to try and throw the Texas offensive line off on their blocking assignments and get them off kilter because a lot of offensive line play is based on you expect the defensive lineman to do this when the ball is snapped. If they do that, then all of a sudden you've got your leverage and your pressure points in different places and you end up getting shoved into the backfield into your own quarterback. And I I think that's what Odom's going to do. He's going to try to do it, Matt, with trickeration because I don't think Arkansas is talented enough on defense to do it with talent. they, They play very hard. They're very smart. They play very hard with a lot of effort, but they're not the most naturally gifted football players in college football. These are not four and five star guys lining up on the defensive side of the ball for Arkansas. And Odom is going to do it with schemes and some trickery. I mean, he tried the same thing with Alabama, and Alabama just went, Have you lost your mind? We don't care. <laughs> you know, I mean, they just lined up and ran them. I mean, Missouri pretty much the same thing. Missouri was ready for anything that Arkansas's defense did. And they were, they basically went to an offense where the quarterback was making the reads of what to do after the ball was snapped. And he saw what they did, which is, you know, I don't know if card can do that. I don't know how much of Texas offense is what I call adaptable after the ball is snapped versus running the play as called by the coach from the sideline. I, I don't know that, but that, that's what he's going to do. He's going to try to do it with trickeration and uh, keep everybody off, off guard. Right. And okay. So let's, let's kind of, in, in a couple of minutes, we're going to kind of change gears here. But the last thing that I want to ask you about the, the game on Saturday is obviously this is the biggest game that Arkansas has played since Alabama last year. It's it's the biggest game that Texas has played, um, you know, in quite some time as well. After after their season kind of got derailed last year with that, with that, those late season losses. Um, what is your prediction for Saturday? Because in my opinion, and I'll give my prediction in our prediction piece on LonghornsCountry.com later this week. But what, in my opinion, this game could go could really go either way because of the the um inexperience of Hudson Carr the 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 different variables there that uh Texas is rather young and inexperienced and they lost some key players and all that stuff but where do you see this game going said it before back during the summer and a lot of people of course all my friends up here get really mad at me when I say this Texas has the talent I mean, I don't think Tom Herman got fired because he didn't recruit talented players. Arkansas 
tends to do better with less talent than they do playing teams that have a lot of highly rated talent. I don't know that Arkansas is playing this game as a column that I wrote. Arkansas wants to win this game on emotion. Texas has to win this game to keep the train on the track toward the goal that Steve Sarkeesian has for this team. Is that the college football playoff? He may say it is. I don't think that's a realistic expectation in the summer and just starting out the season, but I think he's expecting to be playing somewhere New Year's Day. That's the goal. That's where he wants this team to be, that they have a shot to get to. And I don't think Arkansas can win this game playing on emotion. And that's why Texas, over the course of this series history, Texas has won 29% of the time. I mean, Arkansas has only won 29% of the time. Texas has won 71% of the games. That means seven out of 10 times Texas beats Arkansas. I said back during the summer, Texas is probably going to come into Fayetteville and win this game by four touchdowns. And nothing has happened since then to change my opinion, unfortunately, for Arkansas people. Because it's going to be a lot of alcohol sold if that happens in <laughs> Arkansas Saturday night late. Uh, can miracles happen and change? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it, in this series, things like that have happened. I was, I was on the field when number one Texas came to Fayetteville in 1981 and Arkansas won the game 42 to 11. That was a very different Arkansas team than this one. That team had a lot more talent than this team has. They had uh, a, a Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Famer, or a College Football Hall of Famer on that defense. They had a better defense, had more experienced offense than this team does. And I just don't know that Arkansas is ready for the athleticism and the players that Texas brings to the table. Their only hope is that Hudson Card blows up and has a freshman day, in my opinion. Otherwise, it's going to be a Texas. Texas wins this thing 48-14. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Wow. Okay. Um, well, that's that's a prediction for sure. I, I 
I was going to be a little kinder to Arkansas in mine, but maybe I should change my mind since you know a little bit more about them than I do right now. But uh, all right, let's try to let's change gears here a little bit. Um, obviously, you've seen a lot of the games between these two teams. Um, <laughs> it's over the last decade, or really over the last two decades, Arkansas technically has had the edge in the series. Yeah, they, they won the last matchup in 2014, 31 to seven. In the in the Texas Bowl, uh, Texas got him in 2008. It was a pretty big blowout. Uh, Cole McCoy had a day, shockingly. Um, the year before that, it was all Cedric Benson. Uh, Texas barely got out of Fayetteville, won 22 to 20. And Arkansas won the three before that, uh, 2003, 2000, and and uh, and in 1991 in Little Rock. Um, tell me this. This is. This is, it used to be one of the biggest rivalries in college football. Mm -hmm. Then Arkansas moved to the SEC from the Southwest Conference, and they really didn't get to play each other very often. It kind of fell apart, but the the hate and the anger is still there to some extent on both sides. I think more so on the Arkansas side than on the Texas side, but that's fine. Um, what, What are some of your favorite memories from this series? Um, I remember first time that my parents took me to Austin, Texas for an Arkansas, Texas game was 1964 when Arkansas won the game 14 to 13. And I remember that Marvin Kristinick was the quarterback for Texas and tried a two point conversion pass at the end of the, at the end of the game that would have won the game for Texas and watching the ball hit the grass and the grass flying up. And then, uh, you know, that that's the earliest memory that I have uh, down there in Austin. The next year they played in Fayetteville, Arkansas had a 20 to nothing lead. They blew it uh, and ended up trailing late in the fourth quarter, 24 to 20, before they go on a drive down the field. And John Brittenham was playing quarterback then. And he was, John Brittenham is about the size I am. He was about 5'11" weighed about 160 pounds and couldn't throw in the pocket to save his life. He could throw rolling out though. And he found, uh, he kept throwing passes to uh, Bobby Crockett, who they drove it down. Arkansas scored, won the game 27, 20. I remember the 1969 big shootout in tech in Fayetteville when the president was there and uh, James street took over the fourth quarter and Texas ended up beating Arkansas 15 to 14 and going on to play for the national title. But I remember at that time, we, we were so close as kids, we could actually converse with the players before the game <laughs> during warmups and stuff. That's how close everything was to the field. And I remember the Texas players being very confident thinking they had this thing won. And I remember Mike Campbell, who was the defensive coordinator then yelling at the players, you better get into this. You better start paying attention. You know, this, this is not just a walk in the park. Well, the next year, Arkansas goes to Austin. Again, they move it to the first weekend in December. And that was billed as the big shootout two. Well, that came off as the cap pistol follies as Texas won that one 42 to, I think it was 42 to seven, something like that. Texas just beat them like a drum. 
71, our, Texas comes in beat up. Uh, Oklahoma just beat the eyeballs out of them. The week before, they come into Little Rock all beat up, and Arkansas wins the game to break a long losing streak. Then Arkansas in 79. I remember the Earl Campbell game in 1977 where Earl Campbell, catch of all things, catches a screen pass and runs down and sets up the winning touchdown where up until that point, it had only been a field goal kicking contest between Arkansas Steve Little and Texas Russell Erksleben. Uh, yeah, and you you go on through the entire series, of course, the 81. Uh, seems like in the 80s, they kept swapping winning on the road. The home team couldn't win a game. Seemed like been in the eighties, and then of course in the nineties after Arkansas left, but the Texas Bowl, maybe because it's the most recent, but that really stood out to me because I was in Houston for the Texas Bowl in twenty fourteen. Arkansas fans were ecstatic to be there with a six and six record. Texas also had a six and six regular season record, but I didn't, I never got the feeling that Charlie strong, the Texas players or the Texas fans really cared about that game. They didn't even want to be there. I didn't think that that was the vibe that I got. I can tell you that that is, I can tell you that that is 100% true. They did not want to be there. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's the vibe I got from it in Arkansas one and Arkansas fans are like, oh, Texas is nothing. They're down, you know. And since the news broke that Texas is coming to the SEC, the popular line in Arkansas now is, okay, well, Texas is not the Texas of old. And we're just going to line up that we can compete with Texas now. We will we will turn that series around. Well, you ain't turned it around in 100 years. I'm not sure you're going to do it with Texas coming to the SEC because Texas is very aware of the teams they're going to be playing when they come to the SEC. And I can imagine it was hard to get up for people like Kansas State, for people, you know, Kansas, for Iowa States of the world. it's, It's hard to get up and get into those games and really stay focused. It's a little bit different when you're playing Alabama when you're playing Auburn every week or LSU or something like that. I mean, when was it Texas and LSU played that epic game in Austin 2017, whatever it was, 2018? Uh, I believe that was 2019. 2019, the 2019 team. Yeah, it was, it was the, it was the year that LSU won the title. Uh, So yeah, 2019. You know, Texas can get up when they have to, they've got the talent, they've got the players. As I said, Tom Herman wasn't fired because he couldn't recruit people. He was fired for not producing enough wins at the right time. So, you know, and, and I say that because in the Arkansas media, I'm probably one of the most direct and straightforward people when it comes to talking about what the Razorbacks are and what they can do. Arkansas found out in the 60s, losing to Texas doesn't end your season. You can still have a really good year. In 1977, Arkansas had as legitimate of a claim to the national championship as anybody 
because they had only lost to Texas by four points in the middle of October, and then Arkansas won every other game. Texas had lost to Notre Dame. Well, Texas lost that year to Notre Dame and Joe Montana in the Cotton Bowl. So Arkansas had as good a claim to that after losing to Texas. There were a few more years where Arkansas had big years, ended up in the Sugar Bowl uh, after losing to Texas. So, I mean, it's, it's the realistic point of view is this year, Texas has more talent by a long shot than Arkansas puts on the field. Is Arkansas going to get better? Yes. I think Sam Pittman has increased the level of recruiting, has improved the talent level of the players he's bringing into Fayetteville. But that's ain't going to happen in one year. You can't bring in enough people. The recruiting numbers just won't let you bring in enough people that's going to turn it around when you're playing in the SEC uh, like a lot of people hope and expect could be done that you could just turn it around instantly and that's not going to happen. Texas has the players. I know Steve Sarkeesian is a very organized and a very detail-oriented person and he said one of the things, Matt, in his press conference Monday that sounded almost like Nick Saban. They're staying on their routine. They want to stay focused on their routine, not get caught up in all the hype. Not at all. He's, he's following the same routine they follow every week. And that's, to a large part, what the coaches said in the Monday press conference reinforced my thought of on the prediction. Sam Pittman was showing videos or film to his team of the 1964 game in Austin when Ken Hatfield returned the punt for the touchdown against Texas. It's, it's a different outlook. Arkansas is hoping to win this game on an emotional high. Texas has to win this game to keep headed toward the goal that I think Steve Sarkeesian and most of the Longhorn fans want them to be in December when the season ends. Well, Andy, um, this was an absolute blast. Um, we are, we are really looking forward to this game on Saturday. Both you and I are, I think, um, it's going to be a fun one. Um, and we will be working together all week. Uh, we're going to be trading content back and forth between our sites. So, um, everybody can go check out some of Andy's stuff at allhogs.com. Um, and you know, my stuff will be on longhornscountry.com and we'll have some, some cross pollination here and there, but, um, Andy, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media and whatnot? Uh, man, you would throw that at the worst social media guy on the planet. Uh, let's see. Twitter is Andy H sports. And Facebook is Andy Hodges, Fayetteville, Arkansas. I have no idea what my username is on there. That's uh, there's there's uh, SI underscore all hogs on Twitter. And all hogs is the name of the Facebook page where we put our content. And uh, it's feel free to comment. Feel free to weigh in with opinions. Feel free to call me an idiot. Everybody in Arkansas does on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> all right well andy it's been fun uh and that will do it for another edition of the longhorns country podcast uh 
We are now up on iTunes and all the major platforms across the podcast network. So please go like, rate, and subscribe. And uh, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell everybody you know that's a Longhorn fan. And uh, we will see you next time. Thanks. Yes, sir. We'll be back. Yes, sir. Fight. 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 Fight.